Hi, this is Stan Lee, and I think it's time that we talk about the mighty Thor. You know, it's funny. I had created a number of superheroes for Marvel, and I worked mainly with a wonderful artist named Jack Kirby, and one day Jack and I were talking. We wanted to do another hero in the mighty Thor, God of Thunder. And I liked the idea that he could create storms, that he was one of the strongest, if not the strongest, of all the Norse gods, and I especially liked the idea that he had a hammer. In 1962, Marvel Comics The Mighty Thor was created by Stan Lee, Larry Lieber, and Jack Kirby in Journey into Mystery, issue 83. Many comic book historians have called these credits into question. This is despite the fact that Stan Lee explained in the origins of Marvel Comics the Marvel method of storytelling, where the artists were more involved with the storytelling and pacing. Jack Kirby didn't need much, according to Lee. In Stan's own words in the Castle of Frankenstein, issue 12 interview, some artists such as Jack Kirby need no plot at all. I mean, I'll just say to Jack, let the next villain be Dr. Doom. Or I may not even say that. He may tell me, and then he goes home and does it. He just about makes up the plots for these stories. All I do is a little editing. I may tell him that he's gone too far in one direction or another. Of course, occasionally, I'll give him a plot, but we're practically both the writers on these things. As described by Steve Ditko, artist and co-creator of Spider-Man, the Marvel method was the process of Lee writing a one or two page synopsis for the artist who must draw 21 to 24 pages of story art panels. Stan Lee and Jack Kirby would create many great characters this way, but the first appearance of Thor was not done using the Marvel method or Marvel style. This is why we are delving into the secret history of Thor and the possible origin of the Marvel character. There's been a great war of words between Stan Lee and Jack Kirby and their fans. Let me Whatever we did together and no matter who did what, and I guess that's something that'll be argued forever, but I think that the product that was produced was really even more than a sum of its parts. I think there was some slight magic that came into effect when we worked together, and um, I, I am re very happy that we've had that experience. Well, uh, I was never sorry for it, Stanley. Uh, it was a great experience for me, and uh, certainly uh, if the product was good, that was my satisfaction. Let me first point out that Stan Lee wrote in the origin of Marvel Comics that he provided Larry Liebler a plot. Within minutes, I rushed to the typewriter and pounded out a synopsis for Larry. Even though I wouldn't be writing the script, I always try to ensure that the basic concept would be mine. Larry Lieber was a staff writer writing scripts for Stan's plots. The way we did it was Stan liked his own plots. So he would make up a, a rough plot, he'd type it out, and he'd give it to me. I went back to my room at the typewriter and typed it up and wrote it. Then I'd bring it into Stan and he'd correct it. And the more he corrected, the more I learned. And that's how I got started in comedy. Comic historian Roy Thomas and Will Murray have documented that Lieber was a staff writer writing scripts from Stan's plots. During his deposition, Larry Lieber stated under oath. I got the synopsis, the plot from Stan, I wrote the first script of Thor, that was it. 
the civilian name of Don Blake I made up, and I also came up with his hammer. I made that, which people know about, my Uru hammer. I created that. Lieber's court testimony was not countered in court or proven false. Lastly, anchor and artist Joe Sinnott drew an issue of Thor where he received a full script. In the Jack Kirby Collector 36, Sinnott said, In those early days about Thor, Jack was working off full scripts. That said, there are elements from earlier stories in the first Thor story. Before the Marvel Age of Comics, Marvel Comics was known as Atlas Comics, producing anthology titles of various genre stories. In Tales to Astonish 15, there was an earlier Thor, T-H-O-R-R. -R. In a story titled Here Comes Thor, a group of explorers find a newly discovered island with stone carvings of heads. But the stone sculptures were actually aliens planted in Earth millions of years ago. One named Thor. This spelling of T-H-O-R-R -R was also used in the last panel of Marvel's Thor. Even earlier in Tales to Astonish issue 5, there's a story titled Things on Easter Island, where, they, where there are sculptures that come alive. Both of these stories were probably plotted by Stan Lee, and a full script was written by Larry Lieber. Both stories are very similar to a story Kirby worked on at DC Comics. Now, after leaving Marvel, Kirby had this to say about his collaboration with Stan Lee in the Comics Journal number 134. Stan Lee and I never collaborated on anything. I never seen Stan Lee write anything. I used to write the stories just like I always did. Before Kirby returned to Atlas and Marvel Comics, Kirby worked primarily with DC Comics with his writing partners Dave and Dick Wood. His writing partners worked with Kirby on the successful Challengers of the Unknown, the precursor to the Fantastic Four. They also worked on Sky Masters of the Space Force, which was a nationally syndicated newspaper strip. And lastly, they revitalized Green Arrow. Earlier in House of Mystery, issue 83, titled The Stone Sentinel of the Giant Island, we have a slightly earlier story about the sculptures on Easter Island. These monsters were actually UFOs who traveled from space during the dinosaur age. Kirby was possibly the writer or co-writer with his writing partners. It's possible that Kirby reused the design. There were no references to Thor in this House of Mystery story. At the same time, in Tales of the Unexpected, issue number 16, in the story The Magic Hammer, a man and his Native American guide are traveling out west, find Thor's hammer. After the protagonist uses the hammer a few times, the Thor of legend appears, who tells the tale of being imprisoned by Loki. Earlier than that, Jack Kirby was one half of the classic comic book team, Simon and Kirby, with writer and editor Joe Simon. They created Captain America, romance comics, and worked on every comic genre, and worked on every comic genre. In one of their romance comics titled The Sailor's Girl, a woman dreams of Ragnarok. In that dream, there's a fight where one of the Asgardians wears a winged helmet, similar to Thor's. Earlier than that, Jack Kirby, with his collaborator Joe Simon, gave us The Boy Commandos number 7. In a story entitled The Shadow of Valhalla, the boy explorers go to Valhalla and meet Thor along with other Asgardians. Also for DC Comics, Simon and Kirby gave us Thor vs. the Sandman and Sandy in Adventure Comics 75. 
in a story titled The Villain of Valhalla. Surely, four Thor stories would mean that Kirby knew of the Norse god. The problem with assuming that Kirby brought Thor to Marvel is that the Thor he drew for DC and Mainline looked nothing like the Thor we know at Marvel. At some points, Kirby drew the hammer the same, but Marvel's hammer was longer and made of Uru metal, an element named by Larry Lieber. And Kirby wasn't the only person who knew about Thor in Norse mythology. Charlton Comics was a competitor of DC and Marvel and produced one of the first atomic heroes in Captain Adam. They also produced many anthology titles and some monster movie tie-ins. In Charlton Comics, Out of This World, issue 11, there's a short story with a blonde Thor drawn by Steve Ditko, possibly written by Joe Gill, titled The Hammer of Thor. Ditko also drew a Viking with wings on his helmet. And another Charlton story titled The Incredible Walking Stick and Unusual Tales, issue number 18, a man buys a cane imbued with the power of Thor's hammer. Now, Charlton Comics had two stories with three elements of the Marvel Thor, does this mean that Stan Lee or Jack Kirby looked at these books while creating Thor? And where was Stan Lee during this time? When Simon and Kirby created their creation of Captain America in the 1940s, Stan Lee became the editor of Timely Comics, which would later be renamed as Marvel Comics. In Venus issue number 12, a red-haired, red-bearded Thor appeared, as did Loki. Loki appeared a few issues before that, both looking nothing like Marvel's Thor. Though the timely Thor was similar to the Thor of legend. Some online sites have given Stan Lee credit for writing the Venus series, but since there is no written credit, Stan Lee as editor would have either bought the script and or edited the story as lead editor at Timely. So this debunks the theory that Stan Lee had no knowledge of the Norse god and a separate story not done by Jack Kirby. Let's put aside who did what for now. Marvel's Thor borrows much from Captain Marvel, whose first appearance was in Wiz Comics issue number two. The story is about a young Billy Batson who transforms into a godlike man, granted powers by the wizard Sazam, and becoming his champion, Captain Marvel. Captain Marvel was extremely popular so much so, Fawcett Comics decided to put out a companion book, Captain Marvel Adventures, drawn by one Jack Kirby. Though Captain Marvel's creation was credited to Bill Parker and C.C. Beck, Jack Kirby would claim that he co-created the character. In a behind-the-scenes at DC interview, Jack Kirby would incorrectly claim Eddie Heron, the man who created Captain Marvel. I did the Captain Marvel special. I originated the costume and all that business. I did that for Eddie Heron. Again, Jack Kirby did the first issue of the second series, Captain Marvel Adventures. Eddie Heron co-created Captain Marvel Jr. One thing is clear, Thor is heavily inspired by Captain Marvel, but that's not all. Fawcett Comics also published Captain Marvel Jr. with a young boy who is on crutches. This boy transforms into a super-powered boy with a bolt of lightning. This would be very similar to Marvel's Don Blake, who needed a cane. Captain Marvel was very influential to the comic industry, especially to Jack Kirby. Marvel's Thor wasn't the only comic company inspired by Captain Marvel. 
Fox Comics introduced Thor, God of Thunder, in Weird Comics issue number one. In this comic, Grant Farrell, a mild-mannered blonde male, is given the power of Thor with a lightning bolt from Thor himself. This transforms Grant to Thor without a mustache and becomes a muscular version of Grant. Either way, Marvel's Thor had a lot of similarities to this Thor God of Thunder. And initially, Marvel's Thor was Don Blake with Thor's power. Fox's Thor God of Thunder even has a cape. So with all of these similarities, there is still no proof. But the similarities to Captain Marvel or even Weird Comics Thor God of Thunder is striking. But Weird Comics would abandon Thor God of Thunder and do Dynamite Thor with a new alter ego, Peter Thor. Not only is there a connection between Captain Marvel and Thor, Stanley himself purchased the rights to the name Captain Marvel and used the dynamic for later characters, Marvel's Marvel. So would it be strange that Stan might have purchased this weird comics Thor that had a cape and was blonde. So it's also a history of Stan acquiring characters outside of the Marvel Universe. Marvel acquired Daredevil, who had been drawn by Charles Birrow. Stan wanted Steve Ditko to do the Marvel Daredevil, and he could actually use the same costume that Charles Birrow had drawn. Did Stan Lee purchase the rights to Fox Comics Store as he did the name Captain Marvel? We will never know. Fans shouldn't assume that the credits for Journey into Mystery issue 83 are wrong because of the history of the Marvel method or because Kirby knew more about the Norse gods. That is inherently wrong. These early Thor comics were not done using the Marvel method. Larry Lieber has stated he only worked the Marvel method on those early Marvel comics. That said, Lee would take over Journey into Mystery from Lieber and use the Marvel method with Kirby on Thor. This would lead into one of its most creative periods after the creation of Marvel Universe, where Kirby was plotting or co-plotting the Fantastic Four, Thor, Captain America, and more. Next episode, we try to piece together what was Jack Kirby's original design for Spider-Man, and did he ever reuse it for a later character? Spin rack out.